Hi, and welcome to Sit a Spell with Jen and Mel. I'm one of your hosts, Jen. We invite you to grab your favorite piece of cake, a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us as we enjoy some unfiltered and real conversation. We both have a penchant for colorful discord, and we dabble in profanity like some artists dabble in oil pastels. Bear in mind that neither one of us claims any credentials whatsoever. The episode that you're about to hear is unfiltered and uncensored. Us just being ourselves. Discussing topics that interest us and topics that we think might interest you as well. So, listen with a grain of salt and at your own risk. Also, if you're under 18, you should leave now. Listener discretion is not only highly advised, but also highly recommended. This is Sit a Spell with Jen and Mel. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. This is Jen, one of your hosts, and you're listening to Sit a Spell with Jen and Mel. Sit back, relax, pull up a chair, grab a coffee and a piece of cake, and let's get into it. Unfortunately, Mel can't be with us today. She's not feeling well, so you're just stuck with me. Today's topic is mindfulness. Mindfulness, the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. Mindfulness, a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations used as a therapeutic technique. to sort of throw myself under the bus here. I'm a mom of two. I'm a working single mom. I'm divorced. And I uh, I work as a independent contractor for a software consultancy. And I also own my own business building websites. So I do a lot of tech and art related jobs. I love technology. I've always loved technology and I love it so much more even now because of all the things that we can do with it. Can you imagine 20, 30 years ago if someone would have told you that you could hold such a small device in your hand and it could literally be a camera and a calculator and a measuring stick and a telephone and a voice recorder and a CD player or a music player and um, a library holding all of the universe's knowledge. I mean, it's it's almost mind-boggling. But these devices holding all of this stuff, they tend to to distract us. Now, granted, you know, whatever you're accessing in your device can very well be pertinent to what's going on in the here and now. You could be looking up an address or looking up a recipe because you're cooking or something, you know, something involving what you're doing in the moment. But I think more times than not, I I definitely can speak for myself on this, we get sucked in. And even though we're present with our kids or with our family or even at our job, or even while we're driving, we're not actually present. We're not living in the moment. 
for not being mindful. I know lately I've really been, I've been feeling kind of convicted. I, I don't always pay attention to my kids the way I should. Sure, we spend time together, but I get sucked into this device that I hold in my hands, constantly looking at my phone, reading something in my phone. Now, sure, I stay abreast on all the current topics in the world. I send messages. I work. I do work at home. You know, I talk to my customers and take care of business. And I do my banking. I pay bills. I do practically, you know, everything on my phone. But I really have been catching myself lately, ignoring them, or not being present, not being available to them. Even though I'm physically there, sitting in the room with them, I'm not mentally and emotionally available, and it hurts them because I see it, especially on my son's face. I see it in his eyes when he tells me something or he asks me something, and I go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm still looking at my phone. I don't even look up sometimes. It's terrible. So I've challenged myself to spend periods of time away from my device. And I'm going to be honest, guys. It's been really hard, really, 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 really hard. But I did notice that when I put my phone down, and he and I spent some quality time together, free from my device. We really connected on a level that we hadn't connected on in a long, long, long time. It was beautiful and wonderful, and I loved it. And you know, I I appreciate my kids, and I love my kids, and I celebrate them as individuals. But I gotta tell you, when I spent some time here recently with my 13, almost 14-year-old son, and I was fully present and listening to him articulate his feelings and his beliefs and his thoughts. I was blown away by his uniqueness and his articulation and his crazy huge vocabulary and just the sophistication of his thinking. And these are all things that, sure, I kind of knew them in the back of my mind that my kid's smart and my kid's great and all this stuff, but I hadn't really consciously considered in a super long time. And I'm just, I'm so overwhelmingly proud of him. And sure, I owe my kids the basics—you know, food, clothing, shelter. I brought them into the world; they're under my care. But they deserve me, all of me, my full attention, my full presence, my full mindfulness. And I mean, clearly, they don't need 24/7 attention. I have two teenagers; they would probably consider that hell on earth. But when they do need me and they seek me out, I owe them nothing less than my full attention. And so I'm I'm trying to practice this new thing of putting my phone down when they ask me, you know, when they try to engage with me. I literally turn my phone off and flip it upside down and set it down and take my hand away from it because I can tell you if it's in my hand, I'm so tempted. To as I'm listening to them, continue to click on my game, or continue to look, flip through my messages, or continue to kind of surf the web, or or flip through my feed on Facebook or something, and I just I end up drifting away, and I don't want to do that. Another thing that 
brings to mind the term mindfulness that I just want to share with you guys. It's something extremely personal in my life and it it came as a huge revelation and a shock to me. I for almost my entire life, so I'm 50 from the time I was 5. So from first grade until the time I was about 47, I was extremely obese. I was extremely overweight. And about 3 years ago now, I weighed almost 400 pounds. Now granted, I'm 5 feet 10, but still, I was an extremely large person. And that really shaped a great portion of my life, my interactions with the universe, my self-worth and my identity and my, you know, my self-image. That blob, I I'm sorry. I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm I'm just talking about myself. I felt like a blob. I felt like a gray mass. I didn't feel like a girl. I didn't feel like a person. I didn't even feel like I existed sometimes. And I know that sounds like a huge exa- exaggeration. But since then, so I had bariatric surgery, let me explain. I had bariatric surgery 3 years ago. And I've lost 180 pounds. And obviously it's been extremely you know it's been an extremely huge shift and change in my entire existence my my body my habits my whole life is completely 180 degree difference 180 pound difference than it was 3 years ago and it was my entire life and not only did my size change but i noticed that the way the universe the way people the way I was treated the way I was talked to the way the reactions that I received out in public were significantly different. I can remember distinctly many 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 countless times when I felt completely overlooked and ignored in public. Even if someone was rude and cut me off or got in my way or stood in my way and they would barely glance my way and literally act like I didn't exist or if I spoke to someone and said excuse me or pardon me or something in the store or out you know on a sidewalk as soon as they clicked into the realization that this big person was trying to communicate with them they would shift and turn off and not even acknowledge that I was there and all of those interactions now it wasn't 100% of the time that I was treated that way some people treated me normally and some people treated me wonderfully but i can tell you that a vast majority of interactions were extremely negative or they were just extremely neutral which really fed into my lack of self-esteem and my lack of self-worth and i really think it's kind of a an evil cycle the worse you feel or the less you feel about yourself the less you take care of yourself the less mindful you are in the choices that you make. I'm in therapy these days um, for a myriad of reasons and it's one of the best decisions I ever made for myself and it's funny because 
when I made the decision to go into therapy, I didn't even make it for me. Um, my kids were struggling. My son was having a lot of difficulties and I felt like, well, his therapist had recommended that I try it. And so I thought, you know what, if it's going to make me a better mom and it's going to help me help him, I'll do anything. It's my kids. I am devoted to my kids. So I went into therapy and quickly realized that working on me helps them. It's a benefit to them. You know, self-care, I know I, I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago, but it is so important. And when I got in touch with my feelings and my thoughts and really started to do some, some intensive work on my thought processes and my self-worth and my self-image and all of that stuff, I realized the most staggering thing. When I was in the thralls of addiction, and yes, I was an addict. I was a food addict. I had binge eating disorder. When I was in the thralls of that lifestyle, food was my comfort. Food was my go-to. It was my everything. It was my alpha and my omega, my beginning and my end. It was my everything as far as feeling good or feeling peace or feeling relief or feeling anything. I'm not sure I even had feelings very much beyond swallowing, which is vile now that I think about it. It sounds like the most extreme gluttony imaginable, but I realized through therapy that back then when I was in the thralls of my addiction, food was something I thought so little about. I can remember opening a bag of chips. I would eat one, consciously eat a chip, and then blink, and the chip bag would be empty. Or eat one or two cookies, and then blink, or breathe, or just turn around twice, and the bag would be empty. And I had absolutely no recollection of putting all of those chips or all of those cookies or all of those whatever into my mouth, chewing and swallowing. I, I didn't think about it at all. And yet, I can remember all the time that I spent thinking about food. So there was this strange paradigm, this strange, I'm sorry, that's the wrong word. There was this strange dichotomy of Food was something I didn't think about it at all. I didn't think about it at all. And yet it was all I could think about. Where does that put mindfulness? I think when you're in the thralls of an addiction, you're in so much pain that literally all you can think about is finding relief. And when you found an, a way, a vehicle, to achieve some feeling that's good or some feeling that's not numbness, some feeling that that's actually there. It literally consumes you. And you know, I hear horrible criticism of different kinds of addicts. I've heard it over and over and over. Well, nobody made them drink or nobody put a gun to their head and told them to put the needle in their arm. But I can tell you, you do not know the pain that someone else might be going through. And anyone who's wrapped up in addiction, they're in pain. And odds are, whatever it is that's hurting is so severe 
that they've numbed themselves to the point of oblivion, to the point that they can eat 10,000 calories in a day and not even remember 90% of the bites. They can make a choice to put poison in their veins. They can make a choice to drink and drink and drink or, you know, have reckless sexual encounters or whatever it is their addiction is. Gambling. You know, I bet gamblers don't even remember pulling the lever on the slot machine or buying and scratching off the lottery tickets or whatever it is. But I guarantee that those thoughts of doing those actions consume them. So in therapy, I have really started to focus on being mindful, of listening to my heart, of listening to my soul, of listening to my body, listening to my children and the environment and my surroundings, really stopping and listening. And it's been a game changer just practicing mindfulness. And I think we get on the life super highway and it's like, you know, balls to the wall, Mach 4 with your hair on fire. It's literally, I don't even have time to breathe, let alone stop and be mindful. But maybe you should. Take the next exit ramp and slow down. Just slow down and start to really just Stop and look and listen to the people in your life, the people around you and the sounds around you and the smells and the, you know, all the beauty in the world. I think we can get so swept away in negativity and hatefulness and, you know, all the stuff on the media, the politics and just the, all of it, the bipartisan craziness and COVID and everything that's going on in the world, I think we can get so swept away in the rat race and getting to work and getting home and getting dinner on the table and getting the kids' homework done and getting the kids' homeschool done and getting the kids showered and bathed and medicated and whatever it is they need and fed and cleaned and groomed and uh, getting them in bed and literally having a few minutes to yourself and then trying to get some sleep only to get up and do it all over again tomorrow and you're probably laughing at me thinking when am I supposed to find all this time to be mindful it starts right now as soon as you put your device down after the podcast ends I want you to spend whatever time you feel that you can afford listening and looking and smelling and feeling and just being present and if you're anything like me sometimes it helps me to really digest an idea or to embrace a new concept or to kind of feel out a new habit that I'm thinking about trying is to write things down to maybe make a list Um, It's really helpful for me and it's something I learned in therapy is not so much journaling, but just in the moment making a list of what do you hear and what do you feel and what do you think and what have you been missing? Because I can tell you when I started practicing mindfulness, I've been missing my kids and a crazy amount of my time is spent with my kids and for my kids, taking them places and helping them and feeding them and clothing them and 
bathing well not bathing when they're teenagers but you get you get the idea managing the day-to-day everything and paying bills and all the stuff but literally going through life like a zombie and not being present so i challenge you friends to work on your mindfulness over the next week work on being present I don't go to church that often. I'm not really a religious person. I'm a deeply spiritual person and I'm very grounded in my belief system. But I'm not a huge fan of organized religion at this point. I don't dislike it, but it's just um for the past few years hasn't really been for me. I've had some extremely bad experiences at some different churches that I've attended and uh, it's kind of made me a little jaded. but I do not dislike I'm not anti-religion in any way but I can tell you that I've been to church and I literally see people in church on their phone I was at a funeral before this covid madness started there were people in the funeral service on their phones there were people in the funeral service chatting while the service was going on they weren't present at all so ask yourself where do you spend your time how do you spend your energy are you even present in your life what are you missing take a look around because you might be amazed at what's right in front of your face every single day your kids are growing up the clock is ticking they're going to grow up and they're going to go away and this time right now can't get this back. So give mindfulness a try, friends. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes this week to listen to this podcast. It's absolutely a labor of love for me to join you every week and share with you some of my experiences, to share with you my friendship with my dear friend Mel and to share our conversations to share a little bit about what we've learned and a little bit about what we struggle with i value each and every one of you if you value the time that you've shared with me or with mel and i i encourage you to follow us to like us to share us with your friends tell a friend about us um, i appreciate that so much nothing means more to us in this podcast than our listeners So, I'm going to sign off, friends. This has been Jen with Citispelic with Jen and Mel. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Goodbye. You've been listening to Citispel with Jen and Mel. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. We appreciate our listeners. You, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And much thanks to our sponsors who make it possible for us to do what we love, which is chat with each other and share our thoughts with all of you. Until next time, we highly recommend that you eat cake, drink coffee, love your pets, and be kind to yourself and to others.